Are you someone who builds their own doors? When you miss out on an opportunity, or you don't even get access to an opportunity in the first place, what do you do? Do you sit around and wait for another one? Do you give up? Or do you get creative and figure out how to achieve your goal in another way? Today, I'm joined by Louis Lavalla. He's someone who builds his own doors. Louis is a marketing genius, and you'll pick up on that during the show. He's had over 20 years experience producing concerts, festivals, and club events. He's built brands, and an extra fun fact, he gave Lady Gaga her first interview. Producers, I hope you're well. My name is Sam Matler, and I'm the host of the EDM Podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you know what this podcast is about. But if you're new, my mission with this podcast is to interview successful and interesting producers, as well as industry practitioners, label managers, A&Rs, marketers, in order to gain fresh insights and lessons from their lives. And I'm really glad Louis came on the show for two reasons. Uh, The first is that I'm on another caffeine fast. And I was super tired during this interview. Actually, uh, beforehand, I didn't know how I was going to do it. Uh, I felt like I was going to fall asleep. But because Louis has been on so many podcasts, he knows how to interview. He knows how to be interviewed. It flowed incredibly well. He did all the work. uh, And I came away feeling energized, which was great. Uh, Even better than coffee. And the second reason is that we talk about some really interesting stuff. We talk about what the most common traits are. Among successful artists, we talk about why artists can and need to be entrepreneurs, the eventual downfall of email marketing and what to think about instead, the future of labels and Louis' advice for record labels, and also Louis' music marketing course. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I certainly did. Please welcome Louis Lavella. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back to the EDM podcast today. I'm joined by Louis Lavella. Uh, Louis, how's it going? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on. And thanks to everybody out there spending the time to listen. I appreciate it. It's great to have you on. Uh, Now, for those who don't know you, and I I think there'll be a few people out there, tell us a bit about your background. Who are you? And and how did you get to where you are today? Absolutely. Well, nice to meet everybody out there. I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't know who I am. Um, But uh, my name is Louis Lavella, and I I work in the music and... uh, live event, uh, music event industry as, as a marketer, a marketing director, executive and consultant. And and so what I'm doing nowadays, and I'll tell you the story where I came from and how to get here, is uh, I'm hired by large festivals, EDM festivals, rock festivals, um, you know, all kinds of festivals to either be their 
head consultant or director of digital marketing and 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 work out the strategies on social media, digital marketing, you know, that kind of idea to to really produce the right strategies to fill bums in the seats, as they call it, to sell as many tickets as possible. And uh, the other side of my business is to work with record labels and musicians and help them craft the right strategies to get more fans, get explosive growth, and try and really get themselves to a level where they can either make a ton of money on their own or get to a level where they really are noticed by a record label and get signed. So it's pretty fun. Mm. I started out, yeah, as as um teenager i wasn't even allowed in the clubs technically and i was helping promote <laughs> nightclubs and uh yeah i i started working uh with a company that was selling a vip card and they 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 uh had like 20 clubs on on their card and i'm like cool you know i'm underage but this is a cool business to be in everybody else has a different part-time job like grocery store and mm-hmm. things like that and you know i dabbled in there too with, with you know friends but you know my main part-time job was working in the bar industry and as a promoter i would book events and pack the clubs uh, never bartended in my life. I'm sure I can maybe pour one or two drinks or open a beer, but that wasn't my forte. A lot of friends did the bartending thing, but I was into the marketing. You know, I, I like business, so mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. But I knew I didn't want to be a nightclub promoter as a career. It's cool in a couple of years while you're in college, you make some money, make some connections. But um, I wanted to stay in the music business. So I had my my sights and my goal to build a business out of where I was and what I was learning, but to grow that and expand that to something a little more global and a little bit more large scale to where I am today, you know, festivals and record labels and, and whatnot. So kind of leaving behind the bar and nightclub industry itself. And so in between that, and I'll touch on some of the stories uh, as, as we chat, but I got into radio because I wanted to build my brand. So I thought, cool, if I have a radio show, Locally, people say, hey, there's Louie who's on the radio. Let's go to his events, right? Mm. I did that and I got into television as well. Same idea, but now national, kind of like an MTV channel where I was hosting and I was I was interviewing people like Lady Gaga and Richard Branson and Backstreet Boys and Tiesto wow. and Dead Mouse and all these people. <laughs> and and I uh, yeah, I, I thought there's another cool step to my brand and that can expand again outside uh, of where I am and, and keep moving. So for myself, it was always a huge thing to build my own personal brand and credibility and then to um, to walk the walk, you know, put on great events and, and get musicians that are successful or, or to their certain level of success so I can keep growing. So that's my quick, maybe not so quick where I came from. <laughs> that's amazing. So, so do you just side, you know, I need to get into radio, I need to get into TV and then you go and yeah. do it. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because a lot of people will say that they're going to do things and, you know, I need to do this, I need to do this, but they don't do it. What What do you think is the difference between someone like you and them? Well, I knew it was part of, of my growth path. So I, mm. you're right. I mean, and sometimes I even get that way where it's like, man, you know what I really need to do? And then, of course, you, know, <laughs> you don't do it. There's a lot of things get in your way. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't happen. And you're like, ah, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> but I was really determined that I'm not going to stay as a nightclub promoter or doing mm. events locally. I, I can expand. So let me expand. Mm. And, you know, the next step was, and, you know, there's probably a little bit of, something in me that wanted that tiny bit of, of fame, you know, being in the inter- entertainment course, industry. Yeah. I'm not a singer, you know, or anything like that, but I, I could see how great they are. And people love the parties I threw. So that was cool. But I thought, man, if I can get on radio, that's going to be good for my brand. And, mm. you know, that's going to be fun to do. But so I learned early on and we talked off uh, the podcast. So this is a great time to introduce this, that I can build my own doors beside the doors that don't open. So mm. when, when I said I want to be on radio, no, it was it, it sounds easy. It's like, yep, that's what I'm going to do today. <laughs> but 
I didn't get hired on a radio station in any traditional means at all, you know, and I had friends who owned radio stations and I had very good connections with them, but they all have their guys, you know, it's mm. not that easy to just get into radio and same with TV. But for the radio stations, I thought, you know, here's my demo. And, you know, I, I did college radio too uh, on the side. So I had a demo tape and I sounded great. You know, I, I really did. You know, I, I was decent on radio. It wasn't like I sucked. Right. But there's just no room. And of course, radio was the infancy of the Internet and podcasting was starting to come out. And and I was still very young. And I thought, man, um, this is like this is going to be like a stop. Like nobody's going to be hiring. So I thought the door's closed. Let's build a new one. And what I did was I learned how to syndicate my own radio show. Hmm. So I went and I, I studied podcasters and thinking, well, how are they producing shows? So, you know, you get your Mac and it's, you know, not the hardest thing in the world. And I learned how to, you know, create a top 10 countdown and how I would make my 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 voiceovers and, and you know, mix those in with the music. And I produced my own show. And then I went out and I hustled to radio stations and said, look, here is my show. You can either have it for a small fee or I can give it to you for free. And I barter the ad time, which I'll go sell. And that's how I make my money. Hmm. And I learned, I learned that's how syndicated radio was working. And I got on 350 stations around the world. It was wow. huge. Wow. And yeah, so I mean, that's probably good that I didn't get onto my local station <laughs> because I may have, maybe I stopped there, right? And I got into mm. a job. <laughs> so, you know, and that's just breaking down the own, your own door that you build beside it. You know, and the same thing happened with television. You know, I want it to be on TV next. All right, TV's next. This is going to be fun. Of course, it's not that easy, Right. And what do I do? I went and I, I got some friends that were in TV broadcasting at college from back in the day. And I said, I need to shoot a pilot. So come with me. <laughs> and we did a quick pilot, you know, going through nightclubs and interviewing some DJs and whatnot. Shot a 20 minute version of it, you know, basically for free and started shipping it off to television stations to see who would bite. And I got one national channel that said, you know what, this is a cool show. We don't really have any room on our schedule, but we're looking for hosts. Awesome. That's what I really wanted to do anyways. <laughs> and then I got hired. I did eight eight shows for them. And I was on for, I think, seven or eight seasons nationally. Wow. And and yeah, I, I, I gave Lady Gaga her first TV interview when she just got signed to Lady Gaga in, in the States and and, you know, had had a great time. And throughout all those, I was building a ton of relationships because again, I had my sight set on continuing to grow my business and not wishy-washing going left and right. right it was all yeah. lots of music relationships and that that's very helpful today, right? So those are my two ways on how I got into the media. I just want to touch on building relationships for a moment because that's something that a lot of music producers, especially nowadays, struggle with. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that uh, a lot of us are introverts and we spend most of our time sitting in our bedrooms making music. Um, what advice would you give to two people who do want to build their network, uh, for lack of a better word? Absolutely. And you're right. A relation, this, this is a massive relationship business. It really is. I, I get asked a lot, you know, how do I get into festivals? And I'm like, it, 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 you need to start to know people. I, of course, when you're bubbling and you're getting, you know, if you, you get lucky enough to have something that's starting to roll fast, like a hit is coming out, you're going to get noticed by agents, stuff like that. But that does not happen very often. Mm -hmm. Usually you have to do the grunt work. And I get it because so many, 
musicians and, and, and artists that, that I work with, you're great at your art, but you don't necessarily want to do the business side. It's not really what you want to do, right? Everybody has the stuff that they're great at and stuff that they just don't want to do. And sometimes you have to do both because you're also an entrepreneur, but it really takes that hustle because you're right. Most of the times musicians are, you know, just want to hang out with their musician friends, you know, hang out in the, in the bedroom, the basement and creates amazing music and get it out there. But then you get frustrated. It doesn't go anywhere. Right. It, it just it, it sort of fizzles. But that's because you don't have the the know how on how to get it out there and get traction, get growth and actually network with the right people. So, you know, I, I've been on a ton of flights, tons. I used to, you know, go on flights every couple of weeks, um, every week to a new place in the States and all over Canada. And, it's, it's, you know, sometimes and not in like VIP section, regular flights, <laughs> you sit beside somebody and you're alone and you're like, hey, man, what do you do? And these guys could be the vice president of some company mm. or something. You never know. Right. And maybe not even music related, but and you sit there and you chat, you might have a beer and this and that. And you think and I'm always thinking in my head, man, and I bring this up to myself when I'm a little bit afraid to go talk to somebody or call somebody. It's like everybody's just a normal person. You know how many times mm-hmm. I sat beside the president of some company or vice president or executive of some pretty big branded company and we just chatted about whatever, right? They're mm-hmm. just normal people, you know? So don't be afraid to reach out to people. What I would suggest is you don't just go blast everybody. You start yeah. to build relationships by it, it. Imagine you walked into a networking room, you start handing out your business card to 500 people and then walked out. I mean, people are going to look <laughs> at you like you're a crazy person, right? And that's kind of how a lot of people do when they're spamming on Facebook Messenger or just sending a million emails at once and that kind of idea. You really want to just take your time and build relationships because a few strong relationships are probably worth a lot more than you know, a thousand basically crappy relationships, oh, yeah, right? That yeah. just ghost relationships. So I, I would take your time, you know, and use the digital atmosphere that we have. I get it. It's it's not easy to just call somebody, especially being introverted, that kind of idea. But follow them on Twitter. You know, may, maybe if you if so, I teach this in one of my courses on how to get PR and even get on radio, especially with PR and blogs. Don't just blast to like news at spinmagazine.com. That's like a <laughs> probably a trash box, right? I would go find actual writers mm-hmm. look at their articles the ones that actually fit your genre and email them hey i liked your article when you talked to whoever the chain smokers and i didn't know they did that and just start a relationship and then they'll you know maybe put a little tag i'm, I'm a you know bubbling producer too it's great to keep following what you're up to a lot of people like you know to be loved and mm-hmm. you get a nice fan email they'll probably respond oh thanks for the email you build right from there right it's not just a hard sell. You're just yeah, you're enjoying yeah. what they do and you're starting to build chip chip away, you know, step by step. And all of a sudden they'll probably ask, so what do you produce? Because they need they need content too, right? And they need mm. to discover somebody new. It happens, right? But you're not going out there with your spam hat on and <laughs> or doing nothing, right? And that's that's completely not gonna help you out. But you have to do the work. Every, you know, there's no agent or label out there that I've ever talked to, big or small, that said, yeah, no, we just scour the the earth trying to find this brand new musician. I know that they say they try and find the new one, yeah. but they want to see that you take your business like a business, right? Yeah, and have Otherwise you're gonna invest all this money in you and then you're just gonna burn it, right? <laughs> they have to know you're gonna take care of it, right? Exactly. I, I like what you said about not hard selling via email. Um, this is something I talked about with Sebastian Lintz because, mm-hmm. you know, he mentioned this too. And I'm sure you'd agree with me here, but, you know, I receive a lot of emails from producers. A lot of them ask for feedback uh, on music, which I don't have the time to give. But occasionally someone will email, 
you know, with like a paragraph saying how much I love what I do, uh, how much I love the articles. And I'm pretty inclined to respond when I receive emails like that because um, you feel good, you know, especially if it's like hundreds of emails that are just spam. Oh, and then all of them are do something for me, do something for me. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. amount of emails I get like that are just just terribly worded. Mm. And it's like, yo, mm. you know, we're going to make killer money. And I'm thinking, oh, do you man. know what the music industry is like? <laughs> Where's this killer money coming from? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it is just very much me, 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 me. Do it for me. Do mm. it for me kind of thing. And and there's no you know, there's there's no love in it. Right. And so, yeah, I, and I completely see how you would get a little bit of interest in somebody that takes interest in you first. You know what I mean? It feels mm-hmm. good. And it's just building a relationship, right? And then, you know, you want to help out. Sure. Yeah. You know, especially if the music's good and you've chatted for a little bit, who knows? And you yeah. might just give them a break, right? But they've built that relationship. So it's extremely important to think about that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, as a, as a musician, you're also an entrepreneur. What do you mean by that? Because I've heard a lot of people say that. Uh, but everyone mm-hmm. has a different definition or um, or reason for saying that. Yeah, I mean, to me as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur can create things out of thin air. You really mm-hmm. can. And so, you know, as an artist, you can create a song out of nothing. It just comes in your head. And you so you have that entrepreneurial spirit already inside of you uh, for the musicians out there. And And so now you can learn some of the business aspects of what you're doing. And it's really important to treat your music career as a business as well. Even if you have a label and managers, you still need to be on top of your business. Mm. This is the biggest mistake when you get a manager and an agent, whether you hire them or you actually get discovered and you're lucky enough to get that and just let them do everything and you just hide in your room and make good music. You know the amount of stories we can Google right now on how people got screwed over because they just weren't on top of their own music. You mm. have your best interests, you right, uh, 100%. And you want to find somebody that has 90%, then that's great. But a lot of them may not. So you need to treat yourself like an entrepreneur and, and learn it and also be on top of it. Now, before you even get a manager and an agent and all that kind of stuff, who's going to take care of all that? You, right? Yeah, that That's yeah. going to be the musician's problem, so to speak, right? So you, you do have to have that other entrepreneurial business side hat on and make sure you understand how social media really does work, not just posting. You know, how, how does it actually work to grow your fan base and how do you use the ad system? We have to spend money to make money in this business and to just grow it organically is very slow. You know, when you get to a critical mass and you have a huge fan base, it gets a little easier. You don't have to spend as much because you have people paying attention, right? But when you're growing it, that's when you got to, you know, do that heavy lifting starting, right? It's going up the hill with the boulder. You get to the top and it gets quicker on the other side. And that's, so you really need to understand how all of that works. And it's a lot of work to figure it out, but it's not a lot of money to do. You just have to do the research, maybe buy a few courses, read some books, test, fail, test again, you know? It's really just like crafting a new song, but now you're crafting your own business, your brand, and it's important to know. I think you said this in an article or or a blog post somewhere, but you said that everyone can succeed if they're consistent and stick to their plan. And I'd like to talk about that. Why is it important that artists play the long game? I think most of us have a very short attention span and um, it's probably even worse now with social media and the amount of platforms and content that comes in front of us. So, (laughs) you know, this, this was, you know, held true years ago, but now it's like super true, right? Mm -hmm. That we have like goldfish attention spans now. So, 
we get a great idea, we start implementing it, and we do it, we think it's going to work out, and it just doesn't work out. So we stop and we move on to something else, right? Mm-hmm. And and when I'm talking about succeeding in your business, I'm talking about maybe some marketing initiatives or, you know, you want to get gigs and or you make some phone calls. Most of the people will give up. And we've seen so many meme images and, you know, cool Instagram quotes on that. You almost got there. You almost had it, but you stopped. And it's it's true. It just mm-hmm. that's just human nature that a lot of people end up stopping before they get there. So many, you know, books you could read, you know, biographies and autobiographies on very, very famous people and either businessmen or very famous producers and artists. And they always have the exact same story. Never give up. You'll get there. And it's true. You know, if you're consistent and you just you fail and or it doesn't happen the way you want and you just pivot a bit, but you keep moving forward, basically, you are going to get to a certain spot. You know, so even myself starting out as a teen, I knew where I wanted to be. And it took me you know, 20 years to get to where I am. But, um, you know, you're an overnight success uh, after 20 years kind of idea. But that's because out of all the roadblocks, it was just a fun game getting there, right? Mm. You have to celebrate those small wins in between. Otherwise, before you get famous, everything in between sucks to you. And that's not a fun life to live, right? Um, Kind of like those people who work before they retire and they hate their job, but they look forward to retiring. Then they're 65 and they're backwards. They can't go anywhere, you know? So you might as well like what you're doing in between, right? Mm -hmm. So, so the consistency has to be there or you will not get to the goal. It's just not going to happen, but make sure you're celebrating small wins and you're having fun while you're getting there. So you're building your fan base. You have a hundred fans. You put out a track and 200 people, you know, saw it or heard it. Now you have 200 fans Like celebrate that small win. You're, Mm -hmm. You're growing, you know, and, yeah, I know we all have our sights set on the big thing, but you got to get there someday. But before that, I mean, you have to be consistent or you, you really are just going to give up, try something new, give up, try something new, give up. Try, and you're never going to get there. There's no yeah. traction. I think that's really important because, um, I mean, a, a lot of people that get into production nowadays, and I know this because I'll have people email me saying, I want to be the next Martin Garrix. Can you help me? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like that's what they say. Uh, and and so they have the this massive goal, which is good, but that's all they have. And then they get discouraged and then they run into creative block or writer's block. And it's because they've got this extrinsic goal um, and music has just, producing music has just become a means to an end rather mm-hmm. than an actual passion um, because they've stopped celebrating those small wins, stopped celebrating just finishing a track, finishing a project, which is a huge thing. It um, is. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and- Absolutely. And I think if if you break down that big goal, you want to be Garrick. So where is he now? Okay. Is he number one this year? Number one? I think so. <laughs> I think yeah, so right? yeah. yeah. Anyways, you want to get up there. <laughs> At least number one. <laughs> but you got to break down those goals. So, you know, it doesn't, you know, everybody has great music, you know, and there's a sliver of audience somewhere in the world that loves the music. And there's a sliver that doesn't like the music. They like country or something like that. Right. Mm. So it's okay. But you, okay, you have great music, and that's fine, and you're gonna you're gonna craft. But what are the odds of a hit just breaking out, mm. right? Why do you think we have record labels with big executives, formulas, money, the agents coming to play on helping develop the artist by getting out to touring? There's a huge marketing machine involved. So the odds of you creating a track and it becoming a hit by accident are not very high. Mm. But you can take some of the ideas from a major label and start to craft your own mini formula and grow but but you have to have fun along the way like you said otherwise 
you're going to wait to get there and, and be frustrated that, man, I sent a thousand emails to all these agents. I have great music. I did two shows in Orlando and they were great. And maybe they were great. Maybe you do have great music. But by waiting for the agent or the manager or the label to swoop in as the fairy godmother and just take you by the hand and say, here's your million dollar advance and now you're famous. It just doesn't happen. You absolutely need to do your own and grow so that they can take notice. And maybe somebody does look at one email and say, let me see, go to your social media. That's your new EPK nowadays, right? Check it out. And if you have 50 fans still and a couple of great tracks, they're going to think you just, you're not doing it. You don't have mm -hmm. the hustle. You have good music, but I'm not going to invest in that. I might as well invest in Martin Garrix and put a new album out. That's guaranteed for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you have to actually put that hustle in. And, and instead of, yeah, like you mentioned, the music just being the means to the end and it's not passionate anymore, celebrate them all, you know, and put them out, have a little sequence launching things and, and you see this, the growth, you know, and just get excited. You get one little blog, could be a local blog. That's exciting. Let's, let's use that to your advantage, right? Don't let it slip away. That's great advice. What are some other common traits that you see successful artists sharing beyond what we've just talked about? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I just mentioned, the hustle is usually number one where mm -hmm. they just have the, I have seen people without great music out hustle and get further than just amazing artists. I mean, I, I see it a lot. <laughs> you probably mm, see the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I even have, you know, people that, that I know, you know what I mean? That, that uh, I know their story and they are great and their hustle just isn't there. Maybe they're yeah. afraid to, to, you know, and this is maybe another thing people need not be afraid to succeed. You know, something, sometimes that's worse than being afraid to fail. Talk right? about that a bit. I've, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people are always say, you know, I, I don't want to get the no. I don't want to get the rejection. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not going to email me back. And that's the, the failure part. But I've seen so many people don't don't want to send out the emails or do the hustles because they're actually afraid of succeeding. They're afraid of, man, if I get X amount of big, what if I get some haters? You know, if I get mm -hmm. X amount, what if I have to travel a lot more? And uh, who knows what, what the, what the fear could be, but you're actually afraid to succeed. Now I have people looking at me thinking I better come out with the next hit. And you know, that could be a huge fear. And that's something that people need to get over and understand you're in the entertainment industry. You want to get this big goal. Mm. And deep down, sometimes that is the actual fear that's slowing people's hustle down. Not, not that they're going to get a no, but they might get a yes. Then they're like, uh Oh, <laughs> what are they going to expect of me? You know, I have an advance coming now and I have to produce this album. And what if I have writer's block? And, you know, that could be a huge problem mm. and it could stop them from actually trying hard. Right. So hustle is the most common trait. Are there any others? Yeah, the hustle is huge. The, the, the failure to succeed. I think you should try and wipe that off. That's mm. absolutely uh, crucial to make sure that you just, you just go forward. You know, to me, uh, again, my personal favorite that I like to use, and I, I mentioned it in an earlier story is that finding new doors, you know mm. what I mean? And break mm. those down, uh, you know, as a musician, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit inside of you, I know every one of you are creative because you can create music <laughs> out of mm. nothing. It's fascinating. You know, I have ideas and what might be catchy, but I could, I can't sit down and produce a song like, like musicians out there are amazing. Right. So if you could take some of that same juice and put it into your entrepreneurial, uh, business side of what you have to do, you know, a, a trait that's going to make you succeed is, is thinking outside of the box. Okay, great. I get no's for all these blogs. Well, what else can I do? You know, what if I become a writer? 
on one of the blogs then. Ooh, there you go. Like you think outside of the box, right? Something that just came to my head right now and that's a great idea, right? Let's say you can't get in. Well, how can you do it, right? The amount of times that I've created my, fine, I'm gonna do it myself, right? <laughs> like it's, I've done it so many times and um, that's a huge trait that entrepreneurs have. And I'd love for musicians to realize that you have that trait, but now don't just apply it to music creation, apply it to your own music business and brand because it's important to you know to have a hold of that i also think it's never been easier to to build your own doors uh, i mean <laughs> you can get into music production with just a laptop and headphones uh you can get a lot of plays on a song without a manager without a pr person if you get it uploaded to a youtube channel and it gets two million plays that's amazing and you can do that by yourself um which you couldn't do 30 years ago yeah, absolutely. It was locked down. You know, you needed to get to a label and to get to a label, you may have needed an agent or a a, a lawyer because it wouldn't take unsolicited, you know, mm, music true. right, for copyright scares. So that was a problem. And then um, you had to go through the channels. Look, hey, we're going to distribute it. It's going to get into stores and then we have to get it on radio in order to get the promotion and then we'll put a tour and it was just a specific formula and and a lot of labels have contacted me and 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 have lost their way because they're actually still applying the old formula that may not be working anymore but you're right nowadays it's like amazing this this the internet's a great equalizer so with some hustle and if you have some money to help yourself out too yeah you can be your own label you know why do you need them mm. the connections you can make those connections. You know what I mean? Is is it the money? Okay. But a bank has the money. Your credit card has the money. Like there's other ways to do things that doesn't necessarily need them. It's nice to have them because there's a team. Yeah. Yeah. You can hire that team too. When you get to a position, you're starting to make royalties. You're doing some sales on iTunes. Spotify spins are up there. Cool. Why don't you hire your own manager? So you're in control. You know what I mean? Like you can mm. start to, you, you can produce yourself. You don't need their money. So technically, you know, a lot of people are saying like, it's nice to have, but do you really need them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm really curious. You know, I've asked a few people this question. What do you think the future of record labels is over the next five to 10 years? If they're smart, they'd go into a, a complete marketing machine only. That's mm, what I think. I agree. They would just be, I mean, you don't need them as a distributor because you go to CD Baby yeah, or TuneCore. Yeah. So what do you need them for? Other than what are they going to get a better deal? Okay, fair enough. But technically, let's pretend, right? You could still do it on your own. Yeah, yeah. Producing, like you said, laptop and headphones. A lot of garage bands use Garage Band. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And yeah. they are they're producing their own stuff, right? And it's it's okay. It's good enough. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be completely mastered. You can send out to master for. Mm super cheap and actually get the track mastered. So now the label doesn't have to be the producer anymore. Online, you can find licensing deals. Do you need them as publishers? Not really, unless you know you want to utilize their connections because they may have some connections with TV shows and stuff. But technically, eventually, you're going to be able to do that yourself. Well, there'll be other companies like taxi.com and whatnot that just do that for you, like the CD Babies for distribution. It'll come down to marketing and dollars. Now, maybe a bank will show up and say, we are investing in entertainment brands. We're that kind of a bank. And then again, you've cut them out, right? <laughs> so mm. you don't need their money either. So it'll come down to just marketing. Now, guys like me, I'm a marketer. You know, I, I that's what I do. And I market festivals and labels and stuff like that. So I am that mini future label almost, right? Mm. Like I, I, would, I would assume Sony Music 
if they're very smart, should really look at becoming a huge marketing machine like they always have been, but start to trim the fat on the things that are not needed. I'm yeah. sure they're starting to go that route already saying it's a la carte. Look, you don't need the uh, distribution. Okay. We won't, we won't advance that money. We don't need, you know, need you to produce tracks cause you've, you've done it yourself. Cool. Chop that out. And it just becomes investing in, in marketing and things like that. And that's where they really need to go. Otherwise there's going to be more and more musicians that literally do not even care to be signed by them. Mm. Right. I'm just thinking about how many labels I could list right now who do a terrible job of marketing. Uh, just <laughs> I, I need to start emailing them <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> and say, hey, man, this is this is how it's done. And you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars. What's going on here? But it's yeah. true, right? Especially when you're developing a new artist. I mean, there's the two roads, you know, there's the new artist and then there's an established artist. And that mm. can be, you know, huge like Lady Gaga or, you know, pretty good critical mass where they can start to roll on their own without funds. But the, the new artist, usually, they, you know, a lot of labels and even musicians make the mistake of doing the traditional record label marketing route. And they're forgetting that as a new artist, you have to develop yourself and almost give everything away for free. Almost, mm, right? Mm. Because your Spotify spins, what are you going to get? 10,000 if you know, you're know you lucky and that's pretty good for a brand new artist. And what are you going to make out of that? $11, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you might as well just give it away and start to make money, maybe doing some gigs or you know, you're moonlighting with your career and you have another job. Like, But everything has to be very easy access and a lot of two-way engagement. You're really mm, building fan mm. base. As people love your song and they they get a like from you or a comment back, they feel awesome. You're, you're a celebrity still, right? Because you've produced a track, something they can't do. So that's a very different way to develop the artist. Now, when they get to a critical mass, you might have 5,000, 10,000, a million fans. All your sales channels come down to, okay, you have to buy it. Spotify's making money. We can license and, and we can get royalty deals and things like that. It's a different way to, to develop the artist, right? So you're probably seeing a lot of, record labels that you can list that are not doing it properly they just said cool we'll just email our list yeah and we'll and we'll put it on our fan page well how many how many fans do they have Fifty thousand, one thousand. Mm, that's that's mm. not, not gonna work at all they haven't even hit critical mass as a label right exactly so i am an admin on some huge artists you could probably think of them in your head right now massive ones and i'm an admin on them so i can see what's going on right mm, and i won't mm. mention names for confidentiality but the ones you're thinking of probably on there so yeah, yeah. but i can see they have millions of followers let's say on facebook when they post they will get a hundred thousand people liking it Do you know what i mean mm, mm. they've hit critical mass and they can say new tracks coming out and they can put it out there and they don't necessarily have to really spend a lot they do strategic and stuff like that great to get a little bit more reach but they have critical mass. So when you're medium sized labels and down or your starter producer or even someone that's been doing it for 10 years, but just doesn't have a million fans, you can't just put it out there and say, hey, mom and my three <laughs> friends share this for me. Right. You know, that's just not the only thing you do. That's when you have to do that heavy push and the boulder up the hill and you might need to spend some dollars, but everything's need to be very free. You can't just ask for donations mm -hmm. right away. They're not super fans yet. And and so these guys that are just emailing their list, it just falls on deaf ears for the most part. Right. Mm. And that's kind of why they're, they're probably doing a lot of marketing wrong, especially with the new way of things. And it just takes a little bit of hustle and, and a little bit of dollars to get things rolling. For sure. For sure. You touched on email and I really want to talk about this because mm. I'm a fan of email marketing. I use it for my <laughs> business and it works pretty well. Uh, but you've, you've said in an article 
um, you kind of bagged email marketing. Let's not beat around oh. the bush. <laughs> and you said it's, it's less effective than social media. Why right. is that? <laughs> well, you know, I love the article because it does get the question asked almost yeah. in every podcast now. So it's great. It's a great uh, <laughs> conversation starter. Like you said, I bagged email pretty good, and <laughs> and I do get that 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 same not hate, just the the up op, the opposition of it works really well now, and stats say it's working better than social media. So what the hell are you talking about, Louis? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, here's my thoughts on email marketing. Look, everything changes. We know that SEO changed on us a million times, you know, pay-per-click on Google who used to be a penny. Now it's like five bucks for a click, depending on what you're going for. Email is no different. And social media is not going to be different either X amount of years from now. But I wanted to write the article to really pay, you know, give attention to what's changing and how people get very, um, I guess, complacent in what's going on and not realize the cliff that's coming, right? So in my article, I kind of listed a couple of things where I said it's not working anymore very well. Now, of course, if it's working for you, don't stop because that's crazy talk, but Mm. to pay attention to what's going on. So I, let's say, have an ad and I'm going to try and get traffic to a landing page or something. I want to get people's emails, right? Now, I got to spend money to get you to that page. Same thing with musicians. You want to get them on a list. Only X amount of percent are going to give you their email, right? So well, all the money you're spending in the hustle, let's say you use 30%. That's pretty good turnout. Maybe 50% of the people who land actually give you the email, which is pretty good, right? I think that's above normal for yeah, most part. Yeah. Now, so let's say out of 1,000 people, 500 of them are on your email list. Out of those, some of them are going to give you a spam email. Maybe they mm-hmm. just want your track or they just want to hear you want your free PDF, but I don't want to hear from you ever again. So they might get it and then unsubscribe right away or they might give you that spam email that I check once every six months, Right. So how many of that 500 are spam emails? Maybe 100, right? So now you're down to 400. Now, what happens if it's the real email? You actually want to hear from me. And I email out and my MailChimp or AWeber says, cool, you got a 30% delivery or open rate, right? Now, out of that chunk, only 30% of those people actually got the email, Mm. right? Because it went into the spam box and things like that. Now, after all of that, how many people actually got it? It was the real email, right? And then they opened it. And now how many people are going to take the call to action that I asked them to do? You know, whatever that is, buy the track, get the next stage, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I've done a lot of work and this is traditional way of you doing email marketing, but I see the numbers squeezing and getting worse and worse. Right. And I wanted to bring attention to a lot of marketers. And I, I'm really familiar with Internet marketing. I play in those 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 groups a lot just to learn what's going on so that I can apply to music. Right. And I see a lot of people loving email, but then complaining on the side of these things. Right. I see, hey, you know, I'm sending out. PayPal invoices and they're not getting it. But this mm-hmm. is PayPal, all right? Or or my accounting software, I'm sending invoices. This is, you know, big companies and why aren't they getting it? And then you talk to support and like, "Oh yeah, they have to go whitelist it." It's getting worse, right? Mm-hmm. So, not to say to stop. If it's working, you don't just stop. That again, that's crazy. But you need to realize that things are changing. So, something I've been testing is either not asking for the email at all and using retargeting on Facebook and Instagram or using Messenger and getting people to opt in via messenger, and then I can send things out as blast that way. It it is becoming 100% open rates right now. People know that they wanna be on my list. They can opt out anytime they want to, but this is the new communication. And I can see those numbers are fantastic. If you've seen my video number one for my course, I know that you've seen it with Facebook pixels. I can tell you've watched 50% of it. So you actually didn't just skim through it, you sat there and you paid attention. Now I can send you a new post 
for people who've watched 50% of that video on video too. Like I can bring you through a sequence all on Facebook and Instagram, for example, without asking for an email ever, wow. right? And this could be, and it's working for me, so it probably is going to be the new way to market as people start to complain more and more on email. It's still working, but all of a sudden you're starting to notice it's working less and less, mm-hmm. you know, and I hope, you know, for marketing sake, it email works forever. And I'm sure it will at some respect, but how many people do SEO on their website nowadays and oh, pay thousands I mean, of dollars a month? Yeah. No, right. It's a, <laughs> a huge deal. It was huge, you know, and back in the day, you know, um, however many years that was, it was the be all end all meta yeah. tags, descriptions, and holy cow, if you're not doing it, you're crazy talk. And, you know, people said, no, maybe this is not working. And they thought that was crazy. So, Again, I, I like to build new doors and I'm somebody who's who's a future thinker. So when I make an article like that, I want to, you know, cause a little bit of a stir, n- mm-hmm. not to be in a root at all. I just wanted to bring attention that, guys, this is actually happening now, hopefully not fast, but it is happening in some other businesses. It's happening faster than others. Again, if your content's good and you have a good fan base, it's going to be better. Look mm-hmm. at Facebook organic reach. Where the hell did that go? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, things change, right? Where everybody's like, well, you got to get likes. Because this is where it's at. Social media, you got to get as many likes as you can. So you would go put ads out there and you get as many likes as you can. And they could be fans of the genre, which is great. All of a sudden, organic reach is 1%. That didn't even last. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you have to pay. But, you know, there's a whole other reason why that happened. It's because there's too many people on Facebook liking yeah, a thousand yeah. pages. There's only so much room on the news feed, right? It's not necessarily them trying to mess around, but... It happens. But the same thing's happening with email. You get so many emails during the day. You know, we've seen Gmail create a spam box and now a promotions tab and an ads tab and they can see it happening. So who knows how long it's going to last in, you know, who who knows how long the good times are going to be right for email. So I like to, I like to try and show people other things that might work Mm. and test it out. Right. And hopefully there's, there's a a solution to when that cliff does happen. One common argument for having an email list is that you own it and you don't own what's on social media. Uh, what would you say to those people? Because because that's what yeah. pretty much everyone says. You know, I need an email Absolutely. list because what happens if Facebook dies like MySpace did? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I have seen many people um, get their 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 email accounts taken away for too many spam, um, you know what I mean, flags and things mm-hmm. like that. And of course, that's not very often, but that, that's absolutely something that could come in, into as a problem. You know, again, owning that real estate, if it's worth nothing, if it's swampland to you, won't be worth anything anyways, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And and, and I, I agree that there's that fear that what happens if Facebook dies out? And now I've built this list on Facebook that... Is no good. Well, here's the answer. I bet you a lot of people also have an Instagram account that they've built, maybe mm-hmm. even Snapchat and Twitter. You've already started to build new audiences where the audience goes. So uh, people probably had a MySpace account. It's just something we absolutely need to do to keep content rolling every single day to keep your fans engaged. When you move over to the new platform, people will follow because they like you, right? So I'm not as worried that the old thinking of, man, the email list is mine and I own it. And if I lose it, I mean, I'm screwed because, you know what I mean? Like, like that's mine and Facebook could go out of business and I have nothing. People mm-hmm. should be able to follow you as a fan and move on to the next platform, right? You know, you know, with my latest festival, we didn't have a Snapchat account, obviously, a couple years ago. But we had a huge Facebook and Instagram. And it was very easy to build that Snapchat account because mm-hmm. I can just tell people to go there and they already liked they liked us and the content we put out and it was going to be something different there they ran over it was no problem 
So that's something people have to consider every single day of building your fan base and and to transfer where it transfers. Facebook is not going to last forever. That's why they bought Instagram and why they tried to buy Snapchat. <laughs> they know that too. But I need to make sure that, okay, what's coming up? Maybe it's musically, right? Mm-hmm. What is it? And how do I get my fans to also follow me there and go there? Um, that's just something that that we need to be aware of. And that's, I mean, the bigger answer is not to to to, to play the email game as the best solution only because it's ours. I, I know that website clicks have gone down quite a bit. People play on social media way more than visiting a website, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're posting our blog articles as a long form post on Facebook instead. And there's instant articles that stay on Facebook. There's all kinds of things that are almost making a website obsolete, right? Yeah. And I own that too. So I don't think people even talking about that, but that's something that's happening. If I only stuck to my website and still try to do SEO, for example, and I didn't, and I, I didn't go on Facebook, I don't think I'd have any fans. You know what I mean? So things just change. I just know what's working today and what I want to use and that things are changing and no longer do we stick to something that's tried and true and it'll never change on us because it will, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a tendency to do what we know how to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you know how to do email, but your social media is kind of new or uncomfortable, you're not sure how it works, then you're less likely to use that. Uh, and I think that's a bad thing. And that comes back to complacency like you talked about. Um, so I want to talk about your music marketing course in just a moment, but before we get to that, what are the most common music marketing mistakes you see artists, labels, managers, or, or PR people make? Mm, I think, uh, there's probably a whole whack of them, right? That we could probably both uh, know, know that it happens. I, I would say, you know, as an artist, not having a story that that is going to be the 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 focal point of all the marketing you're doing. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, okay, cool. I'm a great hip hop artist. You know, I came from you know the lower ends and struggling. I'm like, that's the same story as every hip hop artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what is your story, man? Like, where did you come from? What mm. what is it that you know what I mean? Uh, with every single brand out there and every single music brand, there's just no story. It's just my music's awesome. I'm trying to, you know, DJ everywhere, whatever it is. It's just a generic story. Not only are you competing with the other ones around you, but you're also competing with the super famous people that actually have a story, right? So that that's a huge mistake that people don't sit down and consider what is your actual story. You know, and closely to that, you, you want to you wanna make sure that you know your audience too, right? You don't want to just post and have your, like I said, your mom sharing it. That's not your audience and her friends, things like that. You want to know exactly who you're speaking to so that it becomes really easy to create content every day you know your story you know exactly what they want to ingest you know and and different edm artists have different audiences and stories you know different hip-hop art you know kanye and drake are both hip-hop but they're very different mm. have very different fans you know what i mean so even though there's hip-hop generically they're still very different and so the people want to take in their story differently meaning you know what do you post pictures of your family and your your, your life during the day or is it politically driven and and who knows but you need to know your story and identify that and that's a big mistake I, I, there's so many i mean maybe 90 percent, you know or 80 percent of the musicians forget that part they just put out the yeah. music and hopefully the music speaks for itself and it doesn't anymore this is tons of great music and we're in the online world so you can discover music like crazy right and and there's, so there's tons of great music around the world and so those are huge mistakes. And then, you know, the, the, the other big mistake is just not getting the marketing. You know, like I said, you, you're posted on your fan page, you put it on SoundCloud 
and nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no plan around it. Like I would always suggest a sequence, you know, like, hey, warm up your audience, make a post, you know, I'm coming up with this new track and hey, here's the inspiration for the track and then something else, something else. And then the track comes out, you know, like build that up and use the ad system. Hmm. You know, I, I just did a case study and uh, this was for, again, hip hop. But um, we spent like $200 in ad money. It was nothing. And he got like 12,000 listens, wow. real lists on on his 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 uh, his track. And he, he had 100 fans. So it was nothing. Now he's at 500. So again, That's still sad. nothing. But for $200, he's like, you know, got got five times the fan yeah. base, you know, 10, 11,000 views. And he got in a, a whole whack of blogs, you know, like a whole he got a ton of support people who who were writing about him and things like that and 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 it was just because of a small ad spend and some hustle and doing it the right way and I'm like man this really works in all genres cuz I usually work in EDM stuff right and in, in in electronics I'm like I'm going to try hip hop I got no connections there so right and it works and he got on like, I think 6 or 7 Spotify playlists you know which are large that's like your radio stations nowadays yeah, yeah, yeah. people listen to the playlist and that's like getting on a, a countdown right so he got all kinds of great stuff and it was for pennies when you think about it, $200 to release a track, but we did it differently. Previously, you know, the typical way is like a label, here's my track, it came out. Now what? <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You just don't have the traction to do that. It has to be done in sequence. There has to be a plan that that gets people excited and there's a launch phase and then boom, it comes out and then you get things rolling, right? So that that's another massive mistake that people don't think about, right? They just put it out there. They think the music's great and yeah, it's great. I get it. But they just don't have a marketing sequence and it just sits there and it fizzles and then they get frustrated and then they do another track and you're just wasting good music, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm assuming that, um, you know, sequence and launch plan, you talk about all this stuff in your course uh, mm -hmm. and I really want to talk about that. What is it? What is this music marketing course of yours and what made you put it together? Yeah, I mean, the reason why I put it together is because I was getting a ton of messages from musicians saying, hey, man, sign me. <laughs> and I'm not a record label. I'm a marketer, really. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I work with clients, the you know, festivals, venues, labels and musicians that actually hire me to do their to do their work. You know, they're making money and they need somebody to do it properly now. And and that's great. But I got so many great musicians that I would love to help. And I try and give as much info as possible. And it's like I can't quote unquote, sign you or work with you for free on the back end, I'm going to get royalties because yeah. you're at the very beginning stages. I don't want to take any money from you. You know what I mean? I don't want to, you know, this is not the time for you to spend money on me. It's to spend money on yourself. Right. And so I thought, you know what, why don't I put together a course? You know, everything that I know that I, that I, you know, works and a lot of stuff is out of, outside of the box, you know, like when I'm talking about emails not working, you know, yes, there's a part that's collecting emails, but really it's think outside of the box. You may not need that stuff. Right. But, and, and it works well. And I thought, you know, I'll put together something that they can just invest a tiny, tiny bit of money, some pennies and learn it all and then go hustle and get to a point where you want to hire somebody like me or you want to, or you get signed to a label and that's fantastic too. Right. I, you know, I can only take on so many clients. It's okay if, if they don't want to hire me, but I just, I wanted to help musicians. I love musicians, you know, this is great passion. And, and, and I feel bad when it's like, this is great music. It's just, I can't believe it doesn't get more than, you know, whatever, a thousand mm -hmm. listens or 20 listens, like, holy cow. Right. But I can see why. And that's the reason why I really put together the course and it's, it's four modules. So it talks about, you know, your, your first module goes through Facebook and Instagram advertising. So if you want to spend money there, this is exactly what you do, right? This is the, all the cool 
tools it can use in the back end. It's not just hitting boost. There's some amazing things. You know, uh, one example I, I put in one of the Facebook groups is, why don't you say happy birthday to your fans and create an ad, uh, and you can do this, that just targets people having a birthday no this way. week. And it doesn't show on your page and it rotates. So let's say my birthday passes. I stop seeing it and then you see it, Sam. You know what I mean? And it just maybe do an acapella. Happy birthday. And that's it. You're not asking for them to be on a list. It's cool, right? And these are these wild tools you can use. So, you know, and and that kind of stuff is all about the Facebook and and, and Instagram ads module. And then I go into module two talks about getting PR. and, And like I mentioned earlier, how to really approach you know, guys like you, you know, and, and, mm. and uh, other bloggers and magazines and how to build relationships and how I do even for myself. So I've been in Inc. Magazine, Business.com, Huffington Post, Sonic Bids, uh, you know, where else? Nightclub and Bar. And I, I'm not a great writer myself at all. So it's great to be able to use this formula even for my own personal brand and get people to take notice. Then cool. You have a great story. And then they write about me, right? And that's great. And so somebody who gets themselves into blogs, it's not always because the blog has traffic to send to you. Sometimes you use that for leverage, right? You think, you know, you put it on your Facebook page and Instagram. Hey, I'm on, you know, whatever, DJ Mag, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I, just got, I just got a feature on DJ Mag. And maybe they don't send you all the traffic, but you use that to your leverage because it looks good to your fan base. And it looks good to people who don't know who you are, but all of a sudden you also are on DJ Mag. But that looks awesome, right? Use that to your advantage. And so that's something you need to learn. Um, getting gigs. You know, I have another module that's about getting gigs. Huh? And like, so especially me, I, I've been a promoter for 20 years as well and work at festivals now and, and work with talent buyers and, and agents. And so how do you build those relationships and how do you create your own gigs? You know, sometimes it's worth making your own gig, your own mini tour hmm. and, 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 and making money that way. Because especially early on in the career, sometimes gigs is the way to make money, right? The royalties aren't there yet. So that's a whole module on, you know, what kind of marketing assets do you need and, and what do you put out there? And, and I talk about another cool way to use Instagram ads on putting your, let's say, a, a 10 second video of you at a gig or an image of you on, on stage, you know, and it may be a small one. But showing that only to promoters and venue owners in a city that you want to go after. Let them see that. And it costs like a buck a day because there's only so many, right? <laughs> there's only so many owners. And festival promoters and event managers and things like that. Let's say it's in New York City or wherever you want to be, Orlando, wherever. And then you start to contact them. And they say, hey, I think I've seen you on Facebook. Because you strategically put your ad in front of their face. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost a lot of money, but you're being strategic, right? And you're showing them the stuff that you can already do. So that's 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 a great module on getting the gigs. And, and of course, I talk about uh, of actually launching your, your album or track. You know, what are the sequences? That's the fourth module. And the sequences to actually get... Like I mentioned with that case study, $200 and you got tens of thousands of, of, of views and listens, you know, how do you do it and how do you rinse and repeat that constantly so that in the end of the year, maybe you've put out X amount of tracks, but you've tripled your fan base and you've got more raving fans that want to spend money now and, and you've grown. So what is the sequences that work and the things that are being done incorrectly when you're thinking major label and you're just popping your thing on SoundCloud and nothing happens? You know what I mean? How do you actually craft the sequence and the path so people actually walk down your path the way you want them to and get them to listen right so that you know i i made that and 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 as things change i want to change up the videos in there hey this is new and <laughs> this is what's happening you know test it yeah, yeah. i i really wanted people to have access to some knowledge and there's there's lots of courses out there but there's courses on 
just Twitter following, growing your SoundCloud and things. And these are, these are great. Creating a music business. How do you sign up for royalties? And those are all awesome. I want to do something different, right? So that mm. it's complementary to those, or maybe it stands on its own, but it's very different than, than some of the other courses out there. So it doesn't overlap, but also things that I'm seeing that's not happening that I can maybe bring some light to. So yeah, it's pretty fun. And how do people learn more about this course or get access to it even? If they yeah, I mean, it, you can go right to my website, louislavella.com, and there's a button that says launch your music. And actually right there, you can jump into, I have a four video free training that kind of outlines awesome. the course, but teaches quite a bit how to define your story, how to reach out to PR. So that, and that's a free course. So they can go to right to my website and just start there and, and get in for free. And there's four videos that get sent out and I ask for an email, but I also have a button to say, I'll send it right in Facebook messenger <laughs> and probably 90% of the people are going messenger but I do have both options <laughs> but yeah right off my website they can get there and, and that's a great starting point so they don't have to worry about buying anything and they can really learn a lot from there and you know even following my Facebook page and things like that I, I love giving away tons of information so mm-hmm. a lot of times you can learn a ton just by watching and learning and testing on your own and some people want to spend a little bit of money and get the step-by-step formula and just fast track it that's cool too it depends where you are in your career uh, so yeah I would I would definitely just Send them right over to my website and uh, right from there, they can they can join. Fantastic. I'll link that up uh, in the show notes. Louis, it's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, really good. I've learned a lot. I'm sure other people have. Thanks heaps for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been really fun. I love chatting about, about the industry, talking shop, and it's been a really fun podcast. Thank you so much.